Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 81 of the Boomer Bebo podcast. The only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas, and the University of Oklahoma. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. In a week eight that featured top 10 teams going down, undefeated teams going down, the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas each held on barely to beat teams they were highly favored against. It should not have been this close. Both teams made mistakes, but alas, those mistakes did not lead to losses. And instead, they led to wins. And we, as of today, the University of Oklahoma is at 7-0. and The University of Texas is officially bowl eligible at 6-1. and Unlike some other teams, Kevin, that we are going to talk about incredibly shortly. But really quickly, the spot on the Texas game that Houston got screwed on Are we not allowed to talk about Big 12 officiating anymore? Because that spot was egregious. It was mystifying. And it created the opportunity for you to stop them on fourth down and secure the victory. Go cry about it. That's what I got to say. Go cry about it. I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about Houston fan or any other haters out there. Go cry about it. I don't care. Listen, the officiating was horrible all game long. There was a play in the first quarter where Houston had the ball up the sideline, stepped out of bounds three yards, don't interrupt me, three yards before the first down, and they marked it as a first down. Don't, no, no one don't, said anything don't when our edge players were getting held don't, all game long. Don't I don't want to hear anything. With, do not come at me with officiating calls in the first quarter that don't matter. A first quarter, by oh, the way, a first quarter, by the way, that saw y'all go up 21 nothing and it turned out to lose that lead. Are you, are you telling you lost a 21 point lead because of officiating? Are you complaining about that me? phantom PI call you guys got on the on Dylan Gabriel's interception? Oh, it was horrible. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Yeah, it was you'll take it though, terrible. right? You, you'll take you'll take it though, right? Uh listen, dude. Three, those three points came in handy. The Boomer Bevo podcast were basically the Nostradamus of college football because what I said was against UCF. We have to have a better running game, better play calling, and a better field goal kicker, or at least as it say special teams. None of the three happened. Gavin Sawchuk gave us a glimmer of hope in that fourth quarter that maybe in the back half of this season we might see a more improved running game. But, Kevin, I don't know what the hell Jeff Levy was doing, especially in the first quarter. And then Zach Schmidt, I'm sure you're pleasant. I'm sure you're great. But, Kevin, if we don't have a kicker that can make anywhere between a 35 and a 45-yard kick at home in the first quarter, we have problems. And I think we might have big problems. So there is a lot to talk about. He seems to be a good kicker. There's a ton to talk about with both teams. There were some things that we saw that we liked, right, from both Texas and Oklahoma. But, man, there was a lot that we didn't like, and there was a lot of room for improvement, and there's a lot of reasons for concerns, a well, lot, first, especially on the Texas side. I've got some huge concerns. First of all, 
what I like the most about it, and I think you have to agree with me, is I like the end of the day what the scoreboard read for both teams. Correct. Because the 2022 version of both Oklahoma and Texas loses that game. Absolutely. You guys lose to Central Florida, we lose to Houston, and we're talking about what the hell happened today. Yes. So instead, we get to say we won the game, what the hell happened, which has a completely different tone than it did last year on this podcast. Speaking of teams that didn't win, let's start with your favorite team on the West Coast, the University of Southern California, your favorite coach, Lincoln Riley, and your all-time favorite quarterback, even more than Vince Young, Caleb Williams. <laughs> Kevin. A bit of a stretch. Lincoln Riley. Listen. Listen. We, Oklahoma fan, melted down when he left. We were, he was replaced with Brent Venables. We said to ourselves, and I said this out loud. I said this on the air. This was before the Boomer, Boomer Bevo podcast. But on the air with Toby Rowland, the Monday after he left, I said we will be in better shape heading into the SEC with, Link, with Brent Venables than we would have ever been under Lincoln Riley. Nobody could believe it. Sour grapes, everybody said. Everybody said bitter Oklahoma fan. Everybody said, oh, you're really going to miss him. Colin Cowherd with all his stuff and plenty of others, not just him. Kevin, will you agree that Oklahoma is in better shape heading into the SEC under Brent Venables than they would have been under Lincoln Riley? Yes, I can. I can agree. Thank look, you. I was the one. I Let's was just one close of it people. down. Let's close it down. Right? Listen, I was one of those people. Just because you didn't know what you had. The guy had never been a head coach before, right? We know what he can do as a defensive coordinator, but it's just different being a head coach. So we had questions, and so far this season, he has answered those questions. So, yes, he would appear to be trending in the opposite direction as USC. That was the what? game they had. They had to win that game yesterday, by the way, right? To stay in the race for the college football playoff and to stay in the race just to win the Pac-12. And they lost against a Utah team that was depleted offensively. Right? Was that the third string quarterback? At least the backup quarterback. Well, he's a pig farmer, apparently. In his spare time, he farms yes. he farms pigs, according to Kyle Whittingham. Let me throw some stats at you, Kevin, and then you can tell me what your thoughts were on this game after you just digest what I'm about to throw at you. Speaking of a deplete a depleted Utah offense, that was a season high in yards for Utah. Utah had a season high in offensive yards against USC. Stat number two. After 22 games, Lincoln Riley's record and Clay Helton's record is identical at 17 and 5. Identical. And the third stat I'll throw at you, well, actually the fourth stat, I'll throw four at you. The third one is Caleb Williams does not throw for a touchdown. He doesn't throw for a touchdown, which to me is really unbelievable. The guy is so good. And how you can't scheme something up for one touchdown, it kind of blows my mind. And finally, Alex Grinch is the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country. In the country, Kevin. And he just allowed a depleted Utah offense to have the most yards they've had, scored 34 points. And Kevin, if it wasn't for the interception return for a touchdown and the long punt return, those count. I'm not saying they don't. The offense wasn't doing a ton against Utah. No, they came out running the ball very well. But, man, once Utah got going, it was just a struggle for them. And also, did you see that stat about 
Caleb Williams, how he performs against top 25 defenses, how his completion percentage drops at 51.4, averaging 172 yards a game, six touchdowns to six interceptions. Does that include that was before, he, that was that before include, yesterday? Does that include when he was at Oklahoma? Yes. Yeah. That's not surprising. That's very that's concerning to me. Uh, you know what you need to do is we need to have somebody look up Lincoln Riley's offensive performance against top 25 teams, because I think that's probably more indicative of the issue. Okay. Yeah. And when I say that, think about Oklahoma. Now they had the big breakout against Georgia where they, where they did have a lot of points, but after that you have a pretty bad game against an Alabama team. You have a really bad game against an LSU team offensively. Uh, You've had bad games. Um, a number of times, even the two Ohio, the Ohio State win, even even though it was a win, was only thirty-one points. He doesn't have great offensive statistics in big-time games. So, I I put this. Listen, I think Caleb Williams is fantastic. I really do. We've talked about this. He's he's the best quarterback in college football. Lincoln Riley isn't doing him any favors. He just flat out isn't doing him any favors. You talk about a good running game. What's the guy's name who ran for the touchdown? Marshawn Lloyd. He runs for a touchdown. You know how many times he touched it after that in the first quarter? How many? Seven. Ran the ball seven times. Seven times. You're running. A, you're going up against Utah. You're at home. This and is you're a, running it effectively. And you're running it effectively. I bet he, I don't know what his. I apologize for not having his yards per carry, but you're, he's running it effectively, and he runs it seven times. It doesn't make sense, Kevin. Yeah, it it, it 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 it's it's it blows my mind. And Oklahoma fan, this is a microcosm of what we experienced. Okay, you going back to the 2020 season with Rattler, we didn't look good in games with Spencer Rattler. The end of the 2021 season, I mean, even though we were winning. It was games against Kansas that were really, really bad. Other games that he was having to pull out, obviously a bad game against Oklahoma State. It just, you get this feel. And now that teams are seeing the blueprint of how you beat this guy, that dude, you could have put Notre Dame's uniforms on there. And, it, and the defense looked exactly the same. Contain him. Don't let him out of the pocket. Don't let him make the super Superman plays. Drop back and play some good defense in the back end. Dude, you're telling me Oregon and Washington can't make this, can't duplicate this exactly, only with oh a better goodness. offense than Notre yeah, Dame. Exactly, exactly. They have a better offense, and like it's not even close how good their offense is compared to Utah and Notre Dame, right? And this thing, Marshawn Lloyd, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you stop running the seven carries for 86 yards? And I know he had the 45 yard touchdown, right? But that's still but it doesn't what, matter. Six? A six for 41 yards on the other carries that he had. Yeah. I, I don't understand it at all. Caleb Williams, 10 carries for 52 yards. We all know how elusive he is. Man, I don't get it at all. And that defense, especially when you when you fight back and you take the lead, right, and you let them just march right down and get a field goal. And that one big play they had is just bad tackling. It's just well, and then you've got eye-opening the, for sure. And you had the targeting on that, Paul, on that – on that drive as well. Yeah, Bear Alexander. What are you doing, man? But that's what I'm talking about, right? The they're, lack of discipline. They're lack. Of, they're not a disciplined team. You. I'm not saying you'll never see it. Okay, I don't need people tweeting me or putting in the comments all the time that Nick Saban. But Nick Saban's guys don't get that. 
Kirby Smart's guys don't get – I mean, look at Oklahoma. We're going to talk about Jared Kane. What is he doing taunting a guy at the end of a third down play when you just stopped him? And did you notice? They jerked his butt out of that game. The Venables ain't going to put up with that. Yeah. Right? That, that's the kind of stuff that loses you football games. You have a big-time stop. And it's the same thing with USC. There's no reason for that kid to do that. You know what's going to happen. It, these aren't new rules. The, game, the game's on the line here, too. This is crunch time. Yeah. You're trying to make a stop to win. A, a, this would have been such a huge win for them had they won this game. It's like, okay, we finally got this Utah thing that seems to be part physical and mental at this point, right? They would have gotten over that, put themselves squarely in the mix for the Pac-12 champion. Now they're out. There's no college football playoff because no team ever has made the college football playoff with two losses. So they're out. And then you still got, like you said, Oregon and Washington and UCLA UCLA to play. Yep. So potentially three more losses. Uh, Jeffrey Woodson, your son, said, told me a few weeks ago, he said that he thought USC would have five losses. I told him four, but it's, it's looking like, it's looking like it could be five. Uh, Let's not give all this show away to Lincoln Riley and his losing ways. Let's let's slide over to a former coach of the University of Texas Longhorns, Mac Brown. You, uh, North Carolina was rolling. They were headed for a, a Titanic matchup against Florida State, only to go down to the one and five Virginia Cavaliers. Kevin Drake May, not terrible numbers: three hundred forty-seven yards, two touchdowns, and interception. But you pointed this out uh, before we started recording. 50% completion, not very good. And especially against the Virginia team, who I, I don't, you can't make an excuse. They're terrible. They were one in five. They're just, one they're not five. a good team. They're one not a good five team. For a reason. Correct. And it was at home, too. It's not like they went on the road to Virginia and just kind of had a few turnovers. And no, they just got beat. They got beat at home. And again, this was one of the teams that we had as a potential sleeper for the college football playoff. The schedule set up for him, everything. That's a game you just can't lose, man. You just can't do that. But see, this is what we're talking about with our games, okay, is um, Twitter is going to go crazy, right? Texas Twitter will go crazy. Well, even your own fans. My fans will go crazy on my own team. Your fans are going to go crazy on your own team. Our fans are going to go crazy on yours, yours on ours. When Oklahoma looks you know, has to escape 31-29, has to have a two-point conversion. People are going to pick on you. Yes, this is what looks like, though, when you don't save it, the, the, the two-point conversion at the end of the oh, game. Right. This is what happens when you don't make the game-winning play and keep them from going down and scoring a game-winning field goal. Like, so they can – it doesn't matter. The style points at this point in the season do not matter. Just our, picks, our picks against the spread matter. But that's that's it. That is it. As far as the the trajectories of our schools, you just win. And USC couldn't do it. North Carolina couldn't do it. I'm looking at the Washington-Arizona State game. Kevin, all we've talked about all year, Michael Penix, the the receivers for Washington, the prolific offense, 27 of 42, fine, 275 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. They don't score an offensive touchdown against Arizona State. They do manage to win. So a lot like Oklahoma and a lot like Texas, just win, baby. Just win, man. Yeah. We thought it, Washington. It was ugly. We thought Washington 
had an argument to be the number two team in the country last Absolutely. week. It's interesting, right? We talked about this sometime when you come off of a huge win, right? I think you guys had a little bit of it yesterday, even with the bye. I think you still had it. Texas had it after they beat Alabama. They struggled against Wyoming at home. It's just hard to come down after these monumental wins. Now, it's monumental for Texas, monumental for Oklahoma, and monumental for Washington. And they had the hangover. And thankfully for them, they were able to get out with the win because you want to talk about a collapse. If they would have lost that game to Arizona State, and remember, Arizona State was up 7-6, to six and they were in the red zone. They were inside the 10 when they threw yeah. that interception that he took back for a touchdown. So this close to being down eight points and then they were to flip it and then get the late field goal to kind of seal it. But like you said, at this point, just win. You just, just win. Win and move I mean, on. Survive in advance, right? Um, in other action. So we had two weeks in a row of Titanic matchups that lived up to the hype. Oklahoma, Texas on October 7th. Last weekend was Washington, Oregon, which was another just fantastic football game to remind us why we love football. And then we go to the Big Ten and we say, okay, here we go. Ohio State, Penn State, they're both undefeated. This is going to be just a, just an, another barn burner. We can't wait to watch it. Kevin, it was a snooze fest, dude. It was 20-12. to 12. James Franklin wants to talk about how great they played defense. Whatever. It, it was boring. It was a boring football game. It was hard to watch. I kept going back to all the other games. And I'll tell you what, for two weeks in a row, I never changed the channel. I never changed the channel over Washington, Oregon. I I could not stay focused on this game. Yeah. It was too boring. And I sure Ohio State will still be the number three ranked team in the country. But I, I didn't walk away feeling like they were better than Washington, Oregon, Oklahoma, or Texas. Same. You know, I, I like the, the – you were prepared for the defense, right? They shut down Penn State. Penn State, they shut down that running game. And Penn State has had a really good running game. They've got two really good running backs. They were completely shut down by Ohio State. And we talked about this on our preview episode for this week. Penn State quarterback Drew Allen, right? He's a super talented guy. We talked about this being a great opportunity for him to go out and show what he can do. He was absolutely horrible. He was horrible. I'm pulling up his stats now, but, man, it was bad. He couldn't do anything. They were getting pressure on him. Give me one second here. I'm going to pull up the stats. Well, I'll just – James Franklin now 1-10 against Michigan and Ohio State, or just – that's 1-10 yeah. against Michigan yeah. and Ohio State, right? Correct. I Listen, at the University of Oklahoma, we've had good coaches get fired for records like that. Yes, Ohio State. We talked about this on on the podcast before, right? When Ohio State had John Cooper in the nineties, he was great. He'd go eleven and one, twelve, you know, ten and two every year, but he kept losing to Michigan, and he was out. Uh, Listen, Gary Gary Gibbs won nine and ten games every year after he got fired, after Barry Switzer got kicked out, and uh, he couldn't beat Texas, and he couldn't beat Nebraska and Colorado, and they fired him. That's what it is, man. That's what it is at these at our schools. I, if I'm Penn State, I don't know. Do you fire him? I don't know. He's a pretty good no, coach. They I win just a lot don't of know games. who you're going to get. Yeah, what, what's going to get better for them? At the end of the but day, you're still going to be third to Ohio State, Michigan. It's going to be hard to pass those teams. By the way, Drew Aller was 18 of 42 for 191 yards. 
18 of 42 for 191 yards. 73 of those yards came on the last drive, which didn't matter. They were already down 20 to 6 at that point. Listen to this. He was sacked four times. They had 49 yards rushing, Penn State did. And listen to this, Sean. On third down, they were 1 of 16 on third down. And that third down conversion came at on that last drive when they were down 20 to 6. The game was already over. 1 of 16 on third down. And listen, Ohio State, I, I like Jim Knowles, their coordinator. He's done a good job with that defense. But we're acting like this is the 3 Oklahoma defense or something like that. No. It's not. You've it's seen, not. It's not. We've seen points put up. 1-16 on third down? We've seen points put up by other teams this year on Ohio State. And Penn State's only managed 12 points is laughable. It's just laughable. And it, yeah. it speaks to how bad that game was. And listen, I'm, let's put it this way. Uh, there's another big tw- a Big Ten game in there. Iowa finally lost to Minnesota, so thank God they're going to be out of the top. 20. The score was twelve to ten, Kevin. Twelve to ten. Listen, did you see I, that? Did you see the controversy on that? On the twelve to ten game, what was the controversy? Yeah, at the end. Okay, so no. Minnesota punted the ball. To Iowa. Okay, and the Iowa punt returner was kind of waving his hands, pointing at his blockers. To I did see that. Yeah, he picks up the ball. Returns it for a touchdown, which would have been a game-winning touchdown. And nope, they, they reviewed it and they, said it was a fair. That he said it was a fair catch. Well, they scored too many points. Scored too many points in the game. Yeah. You know, it's a Big Ten game. They're they got a cap on how many points they can score. <laughs> um. Anyway, I guess my point with that though is I'm glad we're going to the SEC. I, I don't know that I could stand going and playing these twenty to twelve games. It's whatever. It's no terrible. Uh, lastly, on the big games, and we'll mention some other scores. But lastly, on the big games, uh, Alabama. Listen, Tennessee was up twenty to six going into the third quarter. Twenty to seven, right? Twenty to seven. You thought? Uh, I don't know that I thought this, but you could have thought, okay, Tennessee is is rolling. Alabama under Milrow just doesn't have the offensive capability to come back. And Tennessee pukes down its shirt, and it just doesn't matter after that. Nick Saban, you, man. Nick Saban doesn't panic. He doesn't panic. His team don't doesn't make mistakes. They execute when they need to execute, and they put teams down. And Josh Heupel got out coached yesterday. It's that simple. Yeah, Josh Heupel in got the first out half, Joe Milton looked really good in the first half. I mean, that offense came out, and they were hitting hitting the passes. They were running the ball really well, and they just got completely shut down. I mean, they got outscored twenty seven zero in the second half. Yeah. 27-0. Yeah, this Alabama team, I can we all can agree, right? This is not the best Alabama team. They didn't score 27 in the whole game against Arkansas. Correct. 27-0 in the second half. And this is not the best Alabama team, but man, they just keep finding a way to win. And if you look at this, right, who's going to challenge them in the West? I mean, I know the LSU game, but that's going to be a tough game, right? Yeah. Because of their offense. Their offense is so explosive. 62 points they put up on Army. 62 points. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and big thing for them is allowing zero. I mean, it's Army, right? We're not – they're never going to score a lot of points. They try to control the clock. That's that's going to be a challenge. But, man, I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough. Alabama looks good. And looking ahead, they've got a potential showdown with Georgia in the SEC championship game, and I'm here for it. Yeah, that's who you want to see at this point in the season. Nobody else has, nobody else has stepped up. Speaking of maybe a contender, we'll see. I think we agree that they're pretenders, but 
Coming up, Georgia was on a bye this week. Coming up next week for them, Missouri. Missouri beats South Carolina 34-12. to They're 7-1 and and have Georgia next week. I think Georgia's hosting them. I think it's at home. I need to look that up to be sure. I don't have a spread yet on that game. So that'll be a pretty good matchup in the SEC East. I kind of think Missouri's a pretender, but maybe they'll shock us. I, yeah, never, I'm not sure know, about man. that. I'm not sure it's Georgia team. It's Georgia, right? But they're not they're not scaring anybody right now, right? I don't think Missouri is going to be intimidated to step on the field against them. You know, that's half the battle. It's not being intimidated when you play when you face a team like Georgia. Uh, Florida State beats Duke thirty eight twenty. Okay, uh, did you watch that game? Did you, did you like that no, game was actually watch- way closer than the score indicated. Riley Leonard, the quarterback from Duke, was back, but he got hurt again in the game. It was a close game. It was a very close game. Duke had to leave for a big portion of it. They went into halftime with the lead. But um, once he got down, uh, it was rough. And then Florida State put together a couple of drives, and Duke had a um, had a chance to uh, score. They had it down at the three-yard line, and they got stopped. And then pretty much all the momentum. At the end of the third quarter, Duke was up 20-17. to 17. Florida State outscored them twenty-one zero on the fourth. But to be to be fair to Florida State, Duke is not old school Duke. They're a much better team, especially when they have Riley Leonard. They're way better than like UCF and Houston are. But it speaks to the fact that you can go out and lose games, and they right. didn't. I think Florida State. I think Florida State's going to be pretty good, dude. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, uh, I think they still got football. Miami. That, you know that'll be a check. This is because it's a rival game, but. Yeah, they look good, man. And quick scores around the Big 12, and then we'll get jump into the OU and uh, Texas games. Baylor beat Cincinnati. Oklahoma State rolls at West Virginia. That just makes me nervous. They're starting to figure something out up there. They are, they're pick, figuring I, it out. I've been picking on them all year, but I don't know that I can pick on them anymore because I think they're in second place in the Big 12. Uh, BYU beats your Texas Tech Raiders. I Texas Everything Tech, runs through Lovey. Dude, apparently everybody, apparently everybody runs through Lubbock. You know, because yes. goodness. Listen, BYU is fine. Although, did you see the catch by the BYU player? Have you seen Not this really. highlight? No. Ooh, it was like an OBJ catch right on the oh, sideline. Wow. It was really, really good. Um, K-State just destroys TCU. I am Listen, very happy. They figured out with this quarterback, man. This Listen, Avery Johnson kid. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned when we play them in a couple weeks. I am happy Oklahoma does not have to play K-State. I thought we were getting a break by not having to play Texas Tech. I don't think that matters nearly as much now as not having to play K-State because K-State is starting to put some points up. Um, and then just one quick game. You saw, you watched this game. Miami-Clemson, double overtime. Miami takes down Dabo Sweeney. And, you know. It's a, it's a struggle, man. That offense still isn't working. It no. still isn't working. It's not. Yeah. And that's with – and that's uh, with – Garrett Riley, you know, we yeah, thought. Uh-huh. I really thought moving to Garrett Riley was gonna was kind of gonna kind of ignite that. Maybe he doesn't have the players he wants or whatever, but something's not right there. Um, going into this week, you had a healthy lead. Uh, we both went two and three. Uh, I I won the Utah game. You won the Bama game. We both won Ohio State. Our teams let us down though. Oklahoma not covering, Texas not covering. We're both losses for us. I'm at 20, 18, and 2. You, sir, are 24, 14, and 2. So still having a good year. But let's jump into these Oklahoma-Texas games. Who do you want to start with? 
let's start in order, man. I want to start with OU. The with the 11 a.m. kick? The 11 a.m. kickoff, yeah. So I had to uh, – I was up in Kansas City for soccer games, and I listened to this on the XM radio and then was able to watch the game replay later on uh, last night. So on the XM, let me let me ask you this: On the XM radio, do you get the actual OU broadcast with them? Yeah, you can get either, you can get both. Yeah, you can get okay. either when you want. So in fact, I was listening. I, I I told you this off air. I was listening to the Houston broadcast of the Texas game later that afternoon, that evening. Okay. But yeah, so I did. I got the Teddy. I found the UCF broadcast first, and I was like, I can't do this. Like, I just I couldn't do it. So I had to go to the. So I went. I found theirs, and it was fine. It was good. It was good. I like this. Personally, I don't mind listening to a football game on a radio. I, I, I really don't mind it at all. I kind of like it actually, especially with Toby and Teddy calling it. Uh, uh, Gabe Eichert gives good stuff. Chris, they do Blake's a good great. job. They do a good job. So you can't see the, you can't see what's happening though. But they, they try to paint the picture. Um, the defense came out with their hair on fire. Okay, Oklahoma's defense was everywhere. They allowed 15 yards in the first quarter. Okay, and what's significant about that is it's not just like on two possessions. UCF had four possessions in the first quarter and it was allowed 15 yards. The problem was offensively, we couldn't do crap with it. So it was three and out after the first play. Not to mention, did we not only hold them to 15 yards, but their punter was terrible. Oh, he's bad. Oh, my God. He just kept kicking it. He kept shaking it out of bounds. Our field position was fantastic. We go three and out on the first set of plays. Um, keeper for Dylan Gabriel looked like the timing was off. And then for some reason, Levy outsmarts himself. And I don't know why he does this. We talk, I, I harp on Levy a lot. And it's things like this, okay? It's, he's got Sawchuck starting the game, which, by the way, did you hear what was going on with Tawi Walker? No, what happened? Okay, so you I, – I did not know this. So when I find out that Sawchuck's starting, and then later as the game goes, I text you like, "Why aren't we just putting Tommy Walker in and play, and you know having him run the ball? Like he's been doing great." And you're like, "Oh, he's out for personal reasons." Yeah, so then I text, personal matter. Yeah. So then That's I text my I radio about. contact, and my radio contact says, "Out with personal reasons," and I'm like, "Son of a, you know, whatever." Well, after the game, Parker Thune texted out, "Dispute with one of the coaches on Thursday. He was suspended." Wow. Yeah. For a walk-on to get in a dispute with one of the coaches doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It does not. I'm curious what what that could have been about. So, whatever. That's why we don't have Talway Walker, which I do not think helped our running game. But anyway, so Gavin Salchuk gets the start. We talked about him in the last episode. He's starting to get some – he was on the field against Texas, starting to get his feet wet. um, And they give him a direct snap on the second play of the game. And he drops it, takes his eye off it, drops it, ends up landing on it. But it was just stupid. Now, I'm sure people are going to say, well, if he just executes, if he just does his job, maybe that play goes for 50 yards. I don't really care, dude. It's the second play of the game. If you want to run the ball against the worst run defense in the country, just line up and run the damn ball. Why does it got to be a trick play on the second play of the game? It doesn't make sense. I can't Stand it. It makes me so mad. All right. So then we're in third and long or whatever. And he runs up. They run a pass and it ends up going to Sawchuck again. Of course, he drops it because he's probably still rattled from the last stupid play he ran. 
So then what do they do with Sawchuck is they bench him. He takes him out of the game. He's not in for what, five, six series? Like they take him out of the game. He's in for a while. Yeah. They end up rolling with, because they don't have Tommy Walker, because he got into an altercation, I guess, with a with a coach. They end up running out Farouk in the backfield. They put Stoops out in the backfield. They were doing all sorts of stuff in the tailback position, except for Gavin Sawchuck. Marcus Major got a little run, but not a ton. So it was just really, it is classic Levy, right? In that here's what the other team's really bad at. But we're not going to exploit that. That's not what we're going to attack. We're not going to run the ball down their throats because they're UCF and they suck and we're Oklahoma and we're good. Instead, we're going to do everything else. Dylan Gabriel, of course, got a pass into Nick Anderson because all that dude does is score touchdowns. Got an easy score. But then after that, we just completely continued to stall out. It was just, it was frustrating. Finally, by about the middle of the third quarter, we do start rolling. Uh, Drake Stoops has a really nice uh, catch for a touchdown. We get um, Gavin Sawchuk wakes up, and you start to see a little a little glimpse of, you know, maybe he can get it going again because he looked really good in the fourth quarter. Yeah, what we saw, a little bit of what we saw last year from him. Um, but then um, defensively, we do let him march the field, which was frustrating. We let him score on fourth down, which was frustrating. And then Gus Malzahn, I don't know what he's doing. It was a really stupid play. Like, that was – yeah. If you want to throw the ball, just throw the – I get it's like it's like what I said about the other one. You don't need the extra stuff. Um, even against no U defense, who just you just march down the field on them. You don't need extra. Yeah, uh, and so I thought that, with the receiver, Javon Baker, who had a great game, by the way, 5 for yes. 134 and two touchdowns, including yeah. that one long touchdown when he blew a kiss to the OU sideline. Did you see that? Of course I saw that. But you know what? That doesn't bother me. You don't want him to kiss you as he's running by the sideline. Stop him. Don't let him run yeah. wide freaking open. I'm you not know, offended he, by that. He had a great I, game. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have bothered me either had he done that to no, the Texas. Like, knock his ass down. If you, if you don't yeah. want him blowing kisses, and knock his ass down. But apparently right. we like kisses getting blown at us wide open on the sideline. <laughs> that play design, though, was pretty good. It to was. be fair miles on. Right at the line of scrimmage, too. He, he timed it perfectly. He got so close to the line of scrimmage to where the corner came down on him. Came down. Try to hit him. He threw it right over his head, wide open, and yeah, took it to the house. You do, you do not see Woody Washington bite that often. Um, no. but that it was just that play design was just really, really, really it good. Was. And anyway, so whatever, we stop him, we get the onside kick, we win the game. It's fine. It's you know, we want to win the game, the, but I gotta tell you, obviously, won the game. You can't, uh, you can't miss two field goals in the first quarter or first half. I think they were both in the first quarter. Yeah. You can't you miss two field goals. He has a yes. Well, I think it gets in your brain a little bit, whether it's yeah. the yips or just or just maybe not even anything as he deep did, as just he doesn't he have the confidence the right one, now. He made the short one right before halftime. Right. Yeah, right yeah. At, congratulations. Yeah, Twenty two yards. Twenty five yards. He made a point. Yeah, he made a point after. Yep. Yeah. But no, it's it's concerning for sure. For sure. You know, as far as that two point call for UCF, I hated it because when you run a pass like that, a double pass, it, it becomes a one man round. So it was either throw it to him or nothing. There was or no bust. other option. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, at the, and you have a running back throwing the ball instead of your quarterback. Right? And, again, he should have just threw it up there to see what happens as opposed to getting hit by and losing. But that's what happens when you don't have your quarterback. 
throwing the ball. I thought John Reese Palmer did a pretty good job coming back from injury, right? You can see he was not healthy. He really yeah, he, struggled when he was rolling out. He, well, he, he threw, played he, well. He threw for 248 yards. They're a different team with him. Um, I don't know. Well, you know, listen, I, I don't want to be the guy that, like, justifies how bad we played because he came back. So I don't know how good they would have been with him or not. But I do think they're better. I mean, he's your starting quarterback for a reason. Yeah. Um, and I, I, 248 yards, no turnovers. Um, they rushed for 149, which is that's acceptable. I'm not thrilled it with it. I was, I was impressed by that Harvey kid, the running yes. back. The Harvey kid. We talked about rec- him. The Harvey kid and their receiver were pretty good, dude. Yeah, I mean, and you got to think about it, right? Central Florida, they're going to have access to talented players, right? From either guys who aren't recruited highly enough. And get the transfer report, right? So Harvey is legit, man. He was able to get to the edge against your defense. And not a lot of guys can do that, right? You guys are pretty pretty fast out there, sideline to sideline. So for him to get to the edge a few times and, and bust a few runs, he was able to break some tackles. I think he's just a legit running back, right? Stutzman, 12 tackles, five solo, one tackle for loss. Key Lawrence had a really good game, nine tackles, seven solo. Uh, McCullough was solid. Ethan Downs had another good game, got another sack. Jaron Canick. Pretty good from the linebacker spot. Uh, that was a critical taunting penalty, though. And I'll tell you, on the radio, um, the radio guys really downplayed it. There are guys. So they really downplayed the taunting. Um, when I saw the replay, I'm like, well, it's taunting. Like, he, yeah, like, stood he, over. He, like, stood over. over a guy. Yeah. So I was even down it against Texas, right? I'm, I'm still surprised. And again, I, I don't care about it. But I'm surprised they let that slide. I'm with you. Like, it's not the most offensive thing in the world what Kenny did. He didn't shove a guy. It wasn't like a buki type um, penalty. Yet at the same time, know what you know. Know your surroundings. Know what's going on. Over a guy, you You can talk because it's talking all all game long. Yeah, but you can't stand over a guy, look down at him, and and talk. It's different. No, no, it's showing him up, and it's it's a penalty every time. It's a penalty, and. It just sucked. We had just had three really good stops. It was reminiscent of Oklahoma's goal line stand against Texas. It was like another going to be another backbreaker, force them to kick a field goal. So, look, that's four more points that they put on the board because we get a stupid ton of penalty, plus the, the six points that we missed. That's ten points. Ten points. Three, two field goals and a taunting penalty is ten points, right? I mean, that's yeah. – look at the score of the game, yeah. dude. It's uh-huh. – I mean – now, Grant, those didn't happen, so I don't get to gripe about it or anything. And I think the kicking game's a problem, man. The kicking game's a problem. I'll tell you what's not a problem, though. If we want to talk about not necessarily silver lining, because the silver lining is we won. But you want to talk about a player that just continues to make plays. Well, there's two. Offensively, a player that continues to make plays. Have you ever seen anything like Nick Anderson continue to catch touchdowns like that? No, it was like Chris Carter back in the day for the Minnesota Vikings. Remember him? Oh, All remember Chris Carter. Touchdowns. Yeah, he's, he's becoming that. Um, I liked it when they had Warren Moon as the quarterback. I like that oh, version of the Vikings. I like that version of the Vikings. Warren Moon and Cunningham. Because the Randall Cunningham is when you have Randy Moss. That's the only difference. I like them both. Actually, you know what? I forgot it was Randall Cunningham. I like them both. I like them both. I love Warren Moon. Warren Moon's underrated. Most probably the most underrated quarterback in history in the NFL. I agree. Me. He was really, really good. The run and shoot only works because they had Warren Moon. They tried to make it sound like it was some kind of like gimmicky yeah. deal. 
and maybe it was. And it Joe only Kelly ran it good too with the uh, Bills, but he had he had Hall of Fame receivers too. The Orders did yeah. not. No, they didn't. No, Wardman was fantastic. You remember that playoff game between Joe Montana and when he was with the Chiefs? Yes. And oh, yes. Wasn't that after Astrodome? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, uh, listen, dude, I loved it. Um, I wish that the Texans could figure out some way to get the rights to the Oilers gear and wear those as throwbacks. Yeah, I know. And the, the Titans aren't giving that away. Ah, no, I know. I guess it's kind of. I like wish the they could too. The Thunder won't give away Sonic stuff either, right? Like, I, see, I don't know about that. I don't if know about new, that because they might saw this with Charlotte, right? Because remember, Charlotte became they moved to New Orleans. They were the New Orleans Hornets, and then they became the New Orleans Pelicans, and then they started an expansion team in Charlotte, who were the Bobcats, and then they went back to the Hornets. Remember that? Well, you saw it with the Ravens, though, right? The Ravens were the Browns. The Browns became the Ravens, Correct. and then yeah. they, they put. In, but so, so I think they I could be. I think if Seattle became an expansion team, I think they'd become the Sonics again. Anyway, I digress. Warren Moon was fantastic. Um, I don't even know what we're talking about. Anyway, so, Nick Anderson. Uh, Nick Anderson makes a lot of touchdown catches. It's unbelievable, dude. Uh, five catches, 105, two touchdowns. It, he's just – it's crazy. And I do think we missed a little Andrew Anthony, though. Farouk only had three catches for 23. Yeah, he was he was quiet. He did not emerge as that number one, clear number one that we had hoped. It kind of stayed in that secondary role. Um, I'm glad though that Nick Anderson's the target he's looking for. Stoops had a good game, seven catches. He did, man. This guy, you know, you know, I, I've said some things about Stoops, right? Like, but man, he made big plays in this game too, right? On third down, he's become a target. And him going on those crossing routes, middle of the field, obviously Texas couldn't handle it. What kind in the of last tra- drive? What kind of long-term traumatic brain injury is he going to have by the end of his playing career? Because he gets no, destroyed he gets, over the he middle. He gets hit a lot, man. On that one pass, that was the interception. The th- the ball was thrown a little behind him, too. He just got no, hit. I mean, that- no, actually, it wasn't. No, no, I take that back. No. It was in front of him. And, man, he got hit hard. Listen, it. Uh, okay. I, I don't know who's suppo- if he's supposed to catch it. Or I feel like that's one of those situations, though, where the quarterback not supposed to, like, put his guy in that position. Am I wrong? No, you're not. I would. It's that one's better off being a little back shoulder, or throwing lower to the ground to where he or has to throw into somebody die for it. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. no, he he didn't do Drake Stoops any favors with that throw. Yeah. He got lit up, man. Oh, god, that dude. He just gets killed. Um, uh, and then real quick, just and then we'll we'll shift over here to Texas. Or I'll, I'll give my final thoughts and we'll shift to Texas. But Peyton Bowen just continues to make plays. I mean, all that dude did, all that guy does is make plays. He's yeah, place. I mean, we talked about you know five star freshman. He's every just, bit of a five star. I, I you hope a five star will look at look I, like as a freshman. He is that guy. I want Absolutely. him on the I want him on the field as much as possible. The guy, he's just he he know he knows where the ball's at. He makes plays. You know, he's he's fantastic. I'm not sure how Plumley held on to that ball because he no. never saw Peyton Bowen coming. Yeah, full speed and just hit him perfectly clean hit. I'm surprised they held onto the ball. But yeah, he's every bit of a five star and he's gonna be a great one for you guys. So yeah, my takeaways from the game are we won. Yeah. But you won. Surviving events, right? We gotta we gotta figure out special teams and specifically field goal kicker. We we've gotta figure out what that's going on. Levy, I know you're listening. I know that you follow the Boomer Bebo podcast. I realize how you value me and Kevin's insight. 
just straight up run the damn ball, bro. Run the ball. We've got the horses in the trenches. You've got – it looks like Sawchuck's healthy. He looked great in the fourth quarter. We don't need this stupid stuff, especially early in the game. Just run the ball. Run the ball. We're going to be fine. Keep throwing it to Nick Anderson. It's going to be okay. I. Uh, it's a little early to start talking about Kansas. We'll talk about that on the next episode. We can't play like this and beat Kansas. That's just – that's not, I don't care who's a quarterback for Kansas. We can't play like this and beat Kansas, but we got the win today, and it's enough for this week. University of Texas, go. All right, man. This was an interesting game, right? Really frustrating for me in a lot of ways. We saw some good things and a whole lot of bad things, right? We get the ball to start. We go straight down the field. Touchdown to A.D. Mitchell, Adonai Mitchell. He ran this really nice post-corner route. Quinn hit on perfect throw, 7-0. They get the ball back. We stuff them. They go three and out. We get the ball back. We go right down the field. Quinn just drops a dime to Xavier Worthy for 40-something yard touchdown. 14-0. Go back and forth. Still 14-0. Get the ball again the second quarter. Go right down the field. Get into the red zone. Remember we talked about Texas struggles in the red zone. Right, we can't quarterback sneak it. We can't seem to run it in. So we brought in the Wildcat package with Savion Red, and it worked. We're up twenty-one-zero. Everything is going great. I'm feeling good. We, we saw some things that I wanted to see during the bye week. Right, the red zone offense looked good. We were running the ball well with Brooks and CJ Baxter looked good too. They go down the field. They score. They hit a couple of those crossing routes that you guys exploited our defense with, especially on that last drive to get down the field. They scored. It's 21-7. Okay, no big deal. We get the ball back. Drive down. Get stopped on third down. Call a field goal, right? Field goal unit comes out. We call a fake field goal. And as soon as he faked it, I'm like, what are we doing? This is before the result now, before I even knew how it was going to work. Pitches it to the kicker, and Burt Auburn, this guy, running for his life, <laughs> made a guy miss, actually. But, I mean, he had no chance, right? Made a guy what? miss. <laughs> you know what Burt Auburn looks like, right? If you don't, you ever watch The Simpsons back in the day? Listen, dude. You remember Sideshow Bob? <laughs> it was just comical, man. I'm just like, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? We're up 21-7 on the road. If you're, li- points, if, you're listen- if you're listening to this podcast on Google or Spotify, please get to YouTube and check out Kevin Miller laughing at Bert Auburn. <laughs> hey, look, I love, I love the kid, right? You know I love Bert Auburn. He, the kid looks like, he looks, he's just funny. He's probably really popular on campus just because of how he looks. He's got this big curly oh, hair. He looks like Sideshow hey, from the he's Texans. Kicking better than our kicker. He's kicking better than our kicker right now. Well, so he wasn't for a while. He had a, he had a little bit of a slump that he came out of at the Red River Shootout, thankfully. But, you know, so he makes a move, makes a guy miss. He gets hit. All the momentum shifts to Houston. They go right down. They score. It's 21-14. We go into the locker room. It's 21-14. They got all the momentum, though, right? The crowd's going nuts as the teams run off the field. Something like, okay, well, I hated how that happened, but we're still the better team, right? I mean, you can see that by watching the game. And go in, pick some things on defense, come out, take control, win the game. Nope, we come out the same thing. Have they go right down the field, twenty-one, twenty-one, just like that? I'm like, what are we doing, right? It, then we it go stayed, down. It, it stayed at twenty-one for a while. It did stay at twenty-one for a while. Remember, we scored this. We scored to make it twenty-one-zero. 
within the first two minutes of the second quarter, right? We didn't get another point until the end of the third quarter. We kicked the field goal to make it 24-21. Then, you know, before that, though, it was third down, third and six. Quinn drops back. Nobody open. Decides to run. So as he's running, he's met by a linebacker. Not just any linebacker, former OU linebacker. Remember David Ogwegbu? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Remember him? Yep. Yep. Well, he plays for Houston now. This kid is 6'4", 250. I actually mm-hmm. thought he was an underrated player for you guys. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. I never – yeah, sure. Yeah. Remember, he's 6'4", 250 pounds. So our quarterback, Quinn Ewers, who was listed this year at 6'2", 195, decides to try to fight for a first down. So he goes up against a 6'4", 250 linebacker, leading with his throwing shoulder. It's a big collision. Both guys are hurt. Quinn actually gets up pretty quickly. The linebacker stays down for a while, injured. So Quinn comes off the field, kick the field goal, take the lead. We finally get a stop on them, get the ball back. Real quick, though, real quick. Let's let's just talk about that play for a second. Because I saw some of your fans like, I know he should have slid, but I just love the way he gets up and talks to the guy, and I love his moxie. And I, No, you've got to slide. No, It it does nothing. It does nothing for your team to take on a linebacker in the middle of the field. If it's not at the goal line for a win, you slide. Correct. That's what I was saying yesterday. The game wasn't on the line here on this play, right? You can't – and what were you going to do? 6'4", 250. You're not Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, Vince Young. Look, dude, look at – 6'2", 195. Look at the good scramblers in the NFL right now. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray when he's he's healthy. Um – even like a even like a baker when he runs, everybody thinks a baker is kind of um, careless or whatever. And even Jalen Hurts, I'm not, I didn't mean just to name OU, but they're the ones coming to my mind real quick. When they when they scramble, they and they're about to meet that point of contact. Even if they're not sliding, they're spinning out of it and and trying right. to just kind of go down. You know, like get yeah. tackled. It's like a tackle, not a collision. There are they're, they're avoiding collisions. That's just not smart football, and that's not what you need in the back half of the of the season. No, not a season where you have legit conference championship aspirations and potentially maybe college football playoff aspirations. Right? Sure, sure. You can't you can't go shoulder to shoulder with a six four two hundred fifty pound linebacker. I don't care if he plays for Houston. I don't care if he plays for Rex. It doesn't matter. You can't do it. Now I don't know what his status is. Right. He goes to first he's in the medical tent. Then he goes to the locker room. He comes out without pads on, with the sling on. Right. So I'm hearing potentially a separated shoulder is what they're testing him for. If he has a separated shoulder, he can be out anywhere from three weeks to the rest of the season. Okay. This is uh, 8 p.m. on Sunday night. The specific, and this is six hours ago on Hook'em Headlines. The specific injury that yours is reportedly expected to have suffered is a separated shoulder. Separated shoulder. It's not yeah. good, dude. No, it's not good. He can potentially literally be out for the rest of the season. And what, okay, this is what, what what was his injury last year? It was a um I think it was a chest, the rib thing. I don't think okay. it was the same. So injury. maybe not the same shoulder. shoulder. Okay. All yeah, right. I don't think it's the same injury. All yeah. right, okay. So now Malik Murphy has now entered the game. Um by the way, that dude just looks so big. Like he, he looks, he, yeah, he is. He is huge. a good looking. He's a good looking. Yeah, kid, he but. came in. Of course, you know, didn't he did not expect to play, so he comes into the game. He's really excited. We 
run the ball first and second down, have him throw the ball. Of course, he, you know, he has a cannon, so it's, it's 50 miles an hour, but it's thrown behind the receiver. We punt the ball. We're able to make a stop. Look, they come down to get a field goal, tie the game. It's tied at 24. His second drive, we get the ball down the field. He completes a pass. We get a touchdown run with C.J. Baxter, the freshman, who looked really good yesterday. He did look better, um, yeah. Yeah, we, I've said this. He's been really injured since the Alabama game. Right, really, actually, it's the first game we got against um, Rice. Right, but he looked really good. He needed that bye week to get healthy. He gets a touchdown. We go up 31 24. They get the ball. They're driving down the field again. They have a third down and long conversion. They have a fourth down conversion. They get down. They have the weird thing with the spot. Right, watching it live, I thought he had the first down. I will say it. Okay, so what? So, I, much like I was talking about listening to the radio broadcast, I was actually listening to the Houston radio broadcast on XN. They were pissed about the spot, man. They couldn't believe it. And then walk me through, was there? Was it reviewed? Did they review you know, it? I don't know if it was reviewed. It was a long delay, and Fox showed several replays. But I don't know if it was actually re- reviewed by the officiating crew or not. Well, so, and that's what's so fascinating about it is in the age of review, you shouldn't be missing spots that bad. Now, that's not to say it would have been a first down. Maybe they move it a little bit, but it was it was demonstrably yeah. short of, yeah. of where he ended up on that third down play. Yeah, and it's, here's what's interesting about it, right? Like, when, I, when you see the replays, there's one from the side. So I'm like, well, I couldn't, you couldn't see where the ball was on the replay and if it was ahead of the first down marker or not. I think it's one of the things, if they had called it a first down, it would have been a first down. They would yeah. not have been able, even if they, would have, they could have reviewed it, they would not have overturned it. So it's just an interesting thing, man, right? Okay, but then we get to the fourth down play. And uh, remind me the quarterback's name for Houston. Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith, big dude. 6'5". 6'5", 235 pounds. 235 pounds. And they need six inches. Correct. At the 10, uh, roughly the 10-yard line. They need six inches and they line that dude up Holgerson lines him up in shotgun and they throw a pass to the flat listen I get that they had only rushed for 14 yards y'all have held them to 14 yards all game I understand that their running game is not their strength that your interior defensive line is your strength however it's six inches the quarterback is six foot five You've got to go pick it up, dude. What is Houston doing there? That's yeah, get a get under center and the spot was the, forward. The spot was the first gift. The play call was the second gift. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. And then the execution on the play call, right? I mean, he throws it late for some reason. I mean, like, from the jump, the kid's wide open. He throws it, and he just throws it behind him, and he just hits him in the back of the legs. It's not even close. At that point, they're out of timeouts. It's a minute and 13 seconds left. Come out, take a knee. It's over. You know, it was so, you know, it was funny just as a side note. It's always interesting to listen to the other team's calls because oh, yeah. Houston was so mad that the, the radio guys were so mad that Dana Holgerson didn't take a timeout. Because I guess oh, he had really, one, I guess yeah. he had one timeout left. Yeah. And they're like, why did he take it a timeout? Does he not care? Does he not care? <laughs> they're yeah, they're going to lose, dude. They're gonna Houston lose. wanted they they wanted that game right just like everybody does against Texas just like everybody does against OU right it's that one chance to get to, to get Texas we but never Ray played Moore, them 
but way more so, I think, than a Central Florida against Oklahoma. I mean, correct. This is this is little brother, big brother, little cousin, big cousin syndrome in the state of Texas. Um, to, we talked about it on the preview episode. The 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 incredible slight that came when the Southwest Conference folded and Houston was left on the outside looking in. Um, especially with Houston coming off some really good years there in the early nineties. So yeah, they, I think they wanted this they more. They really wanted this one. Yeah. Um, but maybe their fan base wanted more. Holgerson's a good coach. He's a good football coach. But he, I just feel like sometimes like a lot of these coaches that they just, they outthink themselves. Like to just run the, run the freaking sneak, dude. Like, what are we doing? You've got a timeout. You've got time. Just run the sneak. Just run the sneak. Yeah, there was no rush there. And here's the thing. I, I honestly think if they would have scored a touchdown, they would have gone for two and tried to win that game. And they could have. Holgerson goes. Yeah, Holgerson goes for two there. Absolutely. He did it to He's us been, again yeah. 20 and 20s. Was that 2018? Was that Greer? 2018. Was that Yeah, Greer Will Greer. Greer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And ruined Texas, you know, ruined Texas' chance to um, – Really would have kept you guys out of the Big Twelve championship game. That year yeah. Because, oh, uh, oh no, no. I was a big West yeah. Virginia fan that day. I was a huge yeah. West Virginia fan that day. Yep. Yep. So oh. again, it, yeah, it's tough for them. But man, I got a lot of problems with Texas, though. A lot of problems. Okay. Well, and uh, this is not even talking about the Quinn Ewers injury. That's a huge concern, right? We talk about this. We've talked about this since we started this podcast, right? how Texas plays up and down to their level of competition, okay? Them playing down to their level of competition, I'm not even talking about this game. Just throughout this season, what that's done is it's prevented them from being able to play Malik Murphy throughout this season, right? He hasn't hardly played at all because we're in close games against Wyoming. We're in all these close games against teams that we should be blowing out. So now when our quarterback is served, we have to put this kid in. He has no experience at all. None whatsoever. And he may be our starting quarterback potentially for the rest of the season. Our third string quarterback, Arch Manning, right, who we all are excited about, he has not taken a snap yet. Now he's our backup quarterback. Hasn't had a single snap in the game because we play down to our level of competition. They've got zero experience, and it's going to be a problem for us potentially for the rest of the season. Also, Sark, as a play caller, the opening script was outstanding. It was outstanding, right? We're going right up and down the field. But then they did something defensively, right? This 3-3-5 defense, but they don't even run. Houston didn't even run this, but they know that for some reason Sark does not like to coach. They don't that's, they haven't figured his, out that's this his, defense. That's his kryptonite or whatever. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like every coordinator has one, right? This is some kind of defensive package that they can't figure out. They switched to that, and we had no idea what we were doing in the passing game. We couldn't get, we couldn't find Worthy. We couldn't find A.D. Mitchell. Really couldn't find J.T. Sanders either. We just had to run the ball. It was very frustrating. And then also, Sark, he just doesn't have, seem to have a good feel for the game, what's needed in that moment. They needed to just go up 24-7 at that point. Yes. When they had that chance. Just go up 20, 24-7. Yeah, you're on the road. Your field goals. This is – Okay. Field goals on the road have a wonderful effect on taking out the opposing team's crowd. It's yes. just kind of like, uh, 
Yes. They don't even, they're not even mad about it. They're just kind of like resigned. You know, the opposing team's crowd, when a field goal goes through, it's like, oh, great, that's a field goal. And it just lowers the tenor in the in the building. Yes. You're a stupid fake field goal, and all you've done is fired up the 55,000 that were there. Or how, how big Correct. is the stadium? 35,000, like whatever. That. Some, something like that, yeah. But you know what I'm saying, though. Now yeah, the crowd went up. nuts. Yeah. Yes, and that fires up the whole team. They go right down the field. It's cool like it doesn't have to be this difficult. Okay, here's the problem, I think, for Texas. And um, which I find interesting, BYU. We've we've decided they're not good. We collectively, as like the Boomer Bevo podcast and other people, are determined to believe that BYU isn't any good. They got rolled by TCU. TCU just got rolled by K State. Um, so we we don't think BYU is any good yet. Yet they are five and two. They're not bad. No. And you just played a bad Houston team. And you could be down your starting quarterback against a not bad BYU team who is, not a, who is not afraid to go into the University of Texas. No, they got a bunch of 24-year-old dudes who grown men with families. Interestingly enough, 17.5-point favorite early line for Texas hosting BYU. Does that – to me, that line seems like a lot of points, especially if we don't know the status of viewers. Uh, what is your thoughts on that? The thing is, BYU's offense is they, – they can't run the ball at all, and they haven't been great throwing it either. Now, I haven't seen the stats or whatever, how they looked against Texas Tech. I know they beat Texas Tech, and they beat them down pretty easily, it seems like. But it's been their offense that hasn't been good. If that's still the case – I think Texas should be the game. Should be BYU. They should win the game against BYU. Uh, let, but again, yeah, let, though, let this sink in. Let, let this let this sink in. Slow, uh, Keaton Slovis throw through fifteen for twenty seven, one hundred and twenty seven yards and two touchdowns. That's just terrible. Yeah. Ten. LG LJ Martin had ten carries for ninety three yards. So you know, not bad. Service serviceable. I would take ninety three yeah. yards from a running back right now. Um. Jake Strong for Texas Tech through three touch three interceptions. But here's the problem, though, right? Like you're starting a starter. If if yours isn't playing, Malik Murphy untested, all the potential in the world. First career start. But you're telling me he doesn't have the potential to throw three interceptions against a disciplined BYU defense? Yeah, he could. He absolutely could. He absolutely just, could. That's the that's yeah. the worry. I think if you're Texas yeah, if you don't have Quinn Ewers, then it it becomes. Well, very two concerning. Things. Two things: you don't have Quinn Ewers, and you play down to your competition. Yeah, that's the concern. Right. And this, play, right? Well, I'm just saying you've done it all year with Quinn. You played down against Rice. You played down against Wyoming. You played down for a long period of time against um, Oh Baylor. Uh, you know, it, some would say you played down to Oklahoma. I don't know, but you played down to your competition. But if you play down and you don't have Quinn Ewers. That is yeah, not that's a you can really lose. That, correct. That's correct. when you lose a game. You know, and I'm curious. Again, we're going to see what this what the team is made of. We're going to see what Sark is made of, right? Can he draw up a game plan for Malik? Does he know what he's comfortable doing, what he's best at? Right? You're the quarterback guru, right? Show us this week, right? He's done a really good job of playing. He was playing completing 70% of his passes, 
and has only thrown three interceptions on the year. He's having a great season, but man, it's going to be tough without him. Now, BYU, that's one thing. Kansas State the next week, that's a whole other thing because they seem to have found something with this Avery Johnson kid at quarterback. So, man. Yeah, you got a couple interesting games know. coming up. Oklahoma uh, going to play Kansas. Kansas is also 5-2. and two. Difference being that this is on the road against Kansas. Not sure who will have a quarterback, but both of them have been pretty good. Jason Bean has not been bad. Um, Kansas blew out uh, this BYU team that Texas is facing. So this this has the potential to be the toughest game on Oklahoma's schedule. Albeit, we you know you just talked about K State. I'll bring up Oklahoma State for us. Oklahoma mm-hmm. State started to figure some things out. So we've got a couple tricky games in a row for both schools. This has turned out to be these two weeks are, are like the critical weeks, right? If you start to look at our schedule, and we talk about at the beginning of the year how you look at a Big 12 schedule and you're like, well, this schedule sucks. We're going to be favored in every game. We should roll in every game. It shouldn't matter. But inevitably, when we get to them, we start to get a little nervous and in some ways outright scared. For Oklahoma fan, you can tell me if you're right or if it's safe for Texas fan. These two weeks, I'm scared. I don't want to go play Kansas in Lawrence, especially after the performance we just had against Central Florida. And I sure don't want to go up to Stillwater and play Oklahoma State right now. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, I don't like what what I've seen from Avery Johnson and Kansas State. I don't want to play them. I have no interest in playing Kansas State. I don't care if it's in Austin, right? This kid is electric. I don't know if you watch any of his highlights. If you haven't, go watch him. Go watch. I keep seeing this. I keep seeing the scores of the last two games they put up. And watch the Texas Tech highlights. Watch him run all over the place. They just were not prepared for this dude at all. He had a good game yesterday. So, yeah, man, every week is going to be kind of nervy from here on out. From here on out. And we could get beat, right? Our, like We're not perfect. Neither of our teams are perfect. I'm really concerned with Texas. There's some things defensively. I don't like the coverage that they play. We're giving 10-yard cushions on every play. Guys are having to think and react and just – it's like everything we're doing is trying not to get beat over the top, so we're giving up the underneath. But sometimes that can lead to big plays if we don't tackle, yeah, right? You're so it's like you're, a, still, you're still giving up the middle too much. Yeah, still, yeah, exactly. It's too it's too soft in the middle. It's a yeah. bend but don't break, and it just it yeah. irks me, man. Because I feel like we have corners that can press, that can play, play press man, that can cover. Well, and you've got at, and you've got athletic safeties, and you've got athletic linebackers. You shouldn't be yeah, just well, getting the. Picked we apart. don't have the fastest safeties with the, the corners, yeah. But again, yeah, but I don't know, man. It's, it's I don't know. I don't like the way I'm seeing what I'm seeing out of them defensively lately. Well, next week we'll um, or I say next week, probably Wednesday or Thursday, the Boomer Bevo podcast will put out episode 82, where we'll break down both of these games and the rest of the college football season. But in the meantime, enjoy Texas fan. Enjoy the fact that you won. Oklahoma fan, enjoy the fact that you won and USC lost. So that'll give you a pretty good feeling going into the beginning of the week. Kevin, it's been a good one. We'll talk Wednesday. Boomer. Welcome. Okay.